And now, a double fourth message from Rabbi Guy Cohen. Now this is what the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel says. Why bring such disaster, such great disaster on yourselves by cutting off from Judah the men and women, the children and infants, and so leave yourselves without a remnant? Why arouse my anger with what your hands have made, burning incense to other gods in Egypt? Well, you have come to live. See, Egypt is not necessarily Egypt. Egypt is anything, any place that does not belong to the Jews, to the, the people of Israel, any country that we have came to. In this case, Egypt talks about the United States, which is not even a country. It's just a bunch of states that are divided. It's not even United States, just divided states of America. You will destroy yourself and make yourselves a curse and an object of reproach among all the nations on earth. Have you forgotten the wickedness committed by your ancestors and by the kings of, and queens of Judah and the wickedness committed by you and your wives in the land of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? To this day, they have not humbled themselves or shown reverence, nor have they followed my laws and decrees I set before you and your ancestors. You see, God doesn't mess around. God loves you. But if you don't come, again, he ain't going to die. You're going to die. What I just read is uh, Jeremiah 44, a message for the 4th of July. July. What is even July? It's not even a real month. Named after Julius Caesar. Who the fuck is Caesar? All I know is God, Jesus, Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel. You know, it's, it's so funny and interesting how history repeats itself. Back then, they worshipped the Queen of Heaven. Nowadays, you worship the beach of the beach, right? The beach from Huntington Beach, the beach from Newport Beach, the beach from Corona Beach. All about the beaches and the beaches. It, it, nothing ever changes. The only thing that does change is you. You can choose to change. You see, God does not change. You know who God is. If you read the book, you read your history, then you know who God is and you know who your ancestors are and you know that the Holocaust happened before. When God sent us into exile, again, the book of Jeremiah, you can read about it. He said, they will all perish in Egypt. They will fall by the sword or die from famine. From the least to the greatest, they will die by sword or famine. They will become a curse and an object of horror, a curse and an object of reproach. I will punish those who live in Egypt with the sword, famine, and plague as I punished Jerusalem. None of the remnant of Judah who have gone to live in Egypt will escape or survive to return to the land of Judah to which they long to return and live. None will return except a few fugitives. You see, here's the beautiful thing about God. Even in his punishment, he's still merciful. None will come. None will survive, none shall return, except a few fugitives. You see, even when God wants to destroy everything, he still leaves a few men behind. Even when he brought a flood to the whole earth, he left Noah and his family behind. Because God is a merciful God. But you don't want to test God. You see, the problem is, if he said it first, he said most people would be perished, right? You would think, well, most people, well, 
well, maybe I can survive and maybe I have a chance. So let me keep sinning. Let me keep doing what I say I'm going to do. Let me keep going to yoga and uh, watch uh, people's butts, you know, and, and spying people at the beach and look at boobs and tits on Pornhub. But you see, God says all of them will burn. And you guys sound exactly like our ancestors that said, we will certainly do everything we said we would. We will burn incense to the queen of heaven and we'll pour out drink offerings to her just as we and our ancestors, our king and our officials did in the town of Judah and the streets in Jerusalem. And you know what God says? God, the Lord God Almighty says, you and your wives have done what you said you would do when you promised. We will certainly carry out the vows we made to burn incense and pour out drink offerings to the queen of heaven. Go ahead then. Do what you promised. Keep your vows. But hear the word of the Lord, all you Jews living in Egypt. I swear by my great name, says the Lord, that no one from Judah living anywhere in Egypt will ever again invoke my name or swear as surely as the sovereign Lord lives. For I am watching over them for harm, not for good. The Jews in Egypt will perish by sword and famine until they are all destroyed. Those who escape the sword and return to the land of Judah from Egypt will be very few. You see, again, all will be destroyed except for a few survivors. You see, because dead men tell no tale. God always leaves a few people behind to tell the tale. But what you need to understand about God, God does not destroy us. The Holocaust was not meant to destroy the Jews. It was a pruning process. Just like when you prune your bushes, you prune your trees, you prune everyone with the garden knows that pruning, you don't prune to, you know, to, to take off and kill your fruit. You prune so you can have more fruit. It's, an, it's a process of efficiency. You see, God says every tree, every branch has a couple of bad fruit. There's bad seeds everywhere. There's bad Jews and good Jews. There's bad Christians, bad, good Christians. There's bad Muslims, good Muslims. There's bad Hindus and good Hindus. Every batch, every race, every nation, every tribe, there's good and there's the bad. So God is pruning us so we can become better. So what you need to understand is if you're alive today, you are the remnant, you are the descendants of those who have already been pruned which means that you are double liable to judgment because the ones who didn't make it were the ones who sinned before God before. So your ancestors are the ones that God has spared. So if God spared them after destroying the rest of Israel, the rest of the Jews, you should be extra grateful and extra praying on your knees to God and asking for forgiveness and humbling yourself before him. And the fact that you don't actually makes it a thousand times worse, and that is why your judgment will be a thousand times worse. You see, people are so afraid for their life, as if, you know, God saves your life, save your life, God bless you, God bless you. Always worrying about your life. You go to the doctors, and you get all your x-rays, and your MRIs, and you go, and you eat healthy, and you do your all this vegan diet, and keto diet, and mamba diet, and jamba diet, and everybody always about fitness, fitness, fitness. Newsflash. You are going to die. Today, tomorrow, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years. What difference does it make? A little bit more sex, a little bit more traveling, more nature, a little bit more movies and more laugh. It doesn't make a difference. Solomon said it. Everything is meaningless. Chasing after the wind. There's only one thing that matters. Do you know the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel? Do you know Jesus? Jesus. Lord Jesus. Yeshua. HaMashiach. God said it and God does not lie. God does not laugh over his own promises. When God says something, he means it. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through the Son. 
Jesus, Yeshua, Melech HaMashiach, God's only begotten Son that came to earth in a flesh to die for you, for your sins, for your iniquities, for your transgression. He is the truth and the life. And there is no other way to the Father but Him. God doesn't care if you're Jewish. God doesn't care where you come from. All Jews have sinned. Every man alive, men and women have sinned against God. You have evil thoughts in your heart. You cannot help it. Even if you think you're pure, you think you're innocent, well, your, your sin is pride and arrogance. Read the book of Job. I haven't done anything to deserve this. Well, there you is. You're arrogant. You think you're smarter than God. Every man have sinned. So it's not a matter of living a good life. No, 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 no. Just accept the fact that Jesus is Lord, meaning Jesus is God. Because you see, the, the problem with Judas, Judas called Jesus Rabbi. He did not acknowledge him as Lord, because Lord means God. Lord means authority. You see, you can, you can be under authority. You can, you can work for another man and be under their authority, but you do not work for the man. You work for God. If you work for a company that gives you some sort of an order or law or decree that goes against God's laws, who are you going to obey? If the government tells you to do something that goes against God's laws, if, if you're asked to kill someone, if you're asked to steal or to lie or to destroy, would you do it? Would you place man over God? Who do you serve? Because you can only serve one master. You will either obey the one and betray the other or love the one and hate the other. Who, and, you know, God said, if you keep reading the Jeremiah 44, then the whole remnant of Judah who came to live in Egypt will know whose world we stand, mine or theirs. You see, God doesn't mess around. God does not mess around. You can watch and you can wait and you can say, well, I want to see the end of the world first. I want to see something happen in order for me to believe. Well, that is your choice. If you want to sit around and wait and, you know, keep worshiping Buddha and keep going to yoga and do that bullshit, well, that is your choice. God gives you free will. But just know this. God sees everything. And when God will punish you, it will be so quick and so swift, you might not get a second chance. You might not have the second to repent. You know, repentance takes time. It takes time to find God. God does not just sit there and wait for you. You have to chase him. And he's hiding. God likes to play hide and seek. We say seek and you will find. But if you seek him, it's a process, right? It's just like a, a, in the ring, the movie, the ring, right? She saw the, the tape and she's like, well, what, what's going on with that little girl? You get the phone call, says you will die in seven days. And then she started chasing it. She started doing her due diligence. She started doing her research until she found the truth. Do you want to find the truth? The truth will not find you. God already found you. God has been talking to you since the day you were born. You're just not listening because you're so busy chasing bitches and, and whatever you're chasing, money, power, drugs, thrills, right? Like uh, whatever the, that song, uh, chasing thrills, right? Uh, America, living in America, Coca-Cola, superhighway, yeah, right? Fourth of July, yeah, right? Everybody's barbecuing today, fireworks, everybody's celebrating. Why are you even celebrating? What about the, the fourth of Jesus? Everybody, the 4th of July. Who the fuck is July? How about the 4th of Jesus? Celebrate Jesus. He's the only one who loves you. He's the only one who's faithful to you. Everybody's so caught up with divorce and, and cheating and betrayals and all your budget relationships cheating on each other. When God says you shall not divorce, he was talking about you and him. God does not stand divorce because God does not divorce you. You are the one who divorced him. You're so caught up with your alimony and your, your child support and all that bullshit because you cheated on your wife and now you got kicked out of your own home and you should have been kicked out because if you cheat, you're going to get kicked out because you broke covenant. 
Yet here you are cheating on God, breaking your covenant with him, and then you're surprised that you're going to pay him alimony for the rest of eternity. See, God doesn't play around. He's forgiving, but even his grace, eh, he, has, he has a dead end, right? He has, he has a, you know, his mercy endures forever, but his patience does not. You see, even when you're in hell, you might get a little bit of mercy. Some people might suffer more than others, but everyone's going to suffer. Because you see, when you realize what hell is, hell is distant from God. If you divorce God, you're in hell. If you're married to God, you're in heaven. It's really that simple. You don't go to heaven. Heaven is not a place. Heaven is relationship with God. If you have God, well, you're in heaven because God is the heaven. God is the, the Lord of heaven, the King of kings, and the, is the God Almighty, the Lord of the universe, created everything, created heaven and earth. So how can you expect to go to heaven? Like, well, if you're just a good man, then you go to heaven. Like, uh-uh, what is a good man? How can you be good and not love a good God? God is God. God is good. There is no good but him. Even Jesus said when somebody called him a good teacher, he said, why you call me a good teacher? Only God is good. Only God is good. No one else is good but God. We can be examples of good. We can testify of his goodness. We can represent his goodness. We can be good in his name, doing his good works. But we are not good. If you truly know thyself, then you will know that you are evil. We have an evil nature. We are all born of sin. No one is born with God. Nobody is born good. You are born evil. You are born rebellious. You are born sinful. That's why it is so hard for us, the older we get, to repent and come to God because there's more undoing to do. There's deeper roots that you have to pluck. And as you know with a tree, right, if a tree, you, you have a little plant and you pluck it out, just a little weed, it's easy. But the, the longer the plant has lived, the deeper the roots, the harder it is to pluck it out. And once, you know, it comes to the point where you've been, you're in a 60-year-old, like an oak tree, right? You cannot just pluck it out. You need a freaking chainsaw and a bulldozer and some tractors to pull that thing out of the ground. You can't just flick it with a finger. So why are you waiting and gambling with your soul when you know that God is Lord? You see, that's something I don't understand. I had some family members here that I've been talking to. And my personal background, I grew up in Israel in a Jewish background that does not believe in Jesus. Yet even in the Jewish background that does not believe in Jesus, they do not serve God. Because they think God is some sort of a mythological, just, you know, some, it's some stories, you know, like the childhood thing that you read, you know, to your kids. Like, yeah, God, you know, and King David and all that, you know. Yeah, we, we, he pulled us out of Egypt and, he, you know, all that stories, right? As if it's some entertainment. God is not your entertainment. In fact, you are his entertainment. Jumping around like grasshoppers, trying to figure it out. But you see, even with entertainment, God comes to the point where he's like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. I've had it with this motherfucking snakes and his motherfucking plane. Except it's not snakes and it's not plane. It's freaking sinners and it's fucking earth. Hallelujah.